Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys club, boys club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. Tara is still gone. She's coming back in a couple weeks, but I have, you know, everyone's favorite, Alden and Kyle. They're the guys, the professional coaches from City Valley Soccer Club. They run the club, but we're talking all things youth sports today, parenting from the sidelines, socially engineering your kid's sports career we're gonna go there today hi guys how you doing good how are you good thanks for having us again <laughs> good morning alden's <clears throat> looking at me like that's a lot that we're hitting and it's early in the morning it that's is. nice i mean we're, we're up to it yeah you're ready so yeah. here we are like we're talking soccer season so now you're a couple months into the season of the fall season so i'm gonna go right there and I'm going to say the one thing that I've seen on a sideline. Now, when I'm on the sideline, I'm a parent. And I used to, be, I try to be well-behaved. And the one thing that I've seen, and I think it's more so in the younger kids, whether it's the team that I'm watching or teams around the complex, parenting, parents coaching from the sidelines. And when I say coaching from the sidelines, I'm they're like up, standing, yelling. Why is this not a good thing for young athletes even though it's their mom and dad i mean i think the <clears throat> excuse me the 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 main reason is just distractions right so um you have your coaches who are working with your players two three times a week trying to get them to uh, work together listen to their coach work on your tactics decision making things like that and then you have mom and dad who might be saying something completely different to their son or daughter even though you know hey maybe what they're saying might be a good thing but maybe it doesn't fit into um, the idea that the that the coach is working through and then you know kids want to please their parents right they're the they're out there they work hard the, when they score a goal when they make a mistake the first person they look at is mom and dad so um, again as a parent you know it, it it you might think you're helping but a lot of the time you're just creating more noise you're creating more distractions for your kids and it's okay to cheer for your child and other people's children. Please cheer. do. Please do. Please <laughs> yes. be excited for them. Yeah. Right. But telling them where and not to yell at the ref. I mean, that's the other thing, especially a lot of times because the refs are teenagers, they're kids themselves, right? Yeah. Are you seeing finding issues, Alden, with um, not your particular parents, yeah, but definitely. when you're like walking by? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. For example, when I just observe the games actually from the, the sideline as well, too, I mean, it's... Uh, it's like Kyle is saying. It's always going to be that distraction issue. Obviously, if the parents are uh, giving instruction, obviously to the particular player on the field and such as. I mean, it does. You know, we are coaches. We're trying to do the best job that we can. Obviously, to to lead these kids and uh, uh, point them in the right direction. Obviously, during the game and after the game and uh, the halftime as well too. So, if we give them uh, information that we want them to. Uh, uh, basically just execute in the field for us you know mixed messages that they get from their parents might be different as well too and like kyle said it might be a good information as well too but at the same time it might be distraction as well too because it's uh, it's just like that uh, uh, side effect obviously from the both sidelines as well too you know i as a coach i said one instruction obviously two parents might say it's something different in a different version as well too and Usually in the halftime when we talk to the kids too, you know, they do uh, say those things. They say, oh, my mom and dad are just like, uh, you know, yelling on the sideline. You know, they're giving me all of these information. It might be mixed messages as well too. And we kind of 
said, yes, I mean, it is happening, obviously, in soccer. Maybe not just in soccer, maybe in every sport. Every sport. Too, every sport well, I've too, seen. Because so. the one thing I hear a lot, whether it's I'm on the sidelines or in, you know, watching basketball or volleyball, yada, yada, no matter what <clears> sport, <throat> and you hear, you hear parents say, well, I played in high school. <laughs> it's right and there's some who played in college but it's most I, well i played in high school so i know so it's kind of like they're trying to throw their like their trump card down at you and that has to put you in a difficult position as a coach right i, th I think it's great that that parents are like hey i did this um in high school and i've got a good background because i think that's important because that means their kids are going to continue to play those activities um you know, one of, one of the hardest things that, that I've noticed, with, especially with young players, and we're trying to coach these kids, is the kids will go, well, my mom or dad says I should play here, or they think I should do this. And I said, okay, well, here's what I think. And then I asked them, what do you want to do? And, and more often than not, the, there's a conflict there. The kid, well, I like this, and they want me to do this, and they told me to do this. I'm like, well, you know, you're here with me. I'm your coach. This is what I'd like you to do. So that's where that distraction piece comes back in is, well, they're telling them to do one thing. We're telling them to do one thing. I don't have to go home with the kid, so they're scared. <laughs> well, if I go home and don't do what mom and dad yeah. want me to do, there's going to be some potential conflict or, you know, missed expectations, right? Which I don't understand why parents, if, you know, every parent wants their child to be successful in sports. They do. And if they say that they don't, they're lying. Every yeah. kid, every parent wants their kid to be the star. They want to look, look at my kid, you know, because we all brag about our kids. It's great. And I love watch, listening to parents brag about their kids on social media. I get it, right? But why would you try to make, force them into a position or a sport where they're not going to excel and they're not going to be good at? Why aren't we, why are we not leaving it to the experts. Well, and we see them um, two to three times a week, a yeah. couple times on the weekends, and we might see something completely different than you do as a parent too. And that's why your your kid is in our organization is because, hey, these we're, we're trusting these people that they know what they're doing. They're gonna help our kid become a better soccer player. Um, <clears throat> your son or daughter might, you might, oh man, we want them scoring all the goals because that's what people think is soccer, right? It's just the goal scorers, right? Well, yeah. um, there's all these other positions that ha are very important, you know, for the team to function and to create those chances to score goals, you got to have six, seven other kids contributing and moving the ball up the field to help your teammates. So um, there's a hundred, there's so much value in 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 youth sports and 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 parents have a, a big a big piece of that, right? They they're a big part of it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you know, and and again, we we I think we referenced this before. Ninety five percent of the parents are great, <laughs> and then the five yeah. percent are the ones that we spend ninety percent of our time with too, and. Um, but it, and it is hard. Like you're, 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 most of us are competitive and mm -hmm. you said parents want their kids to be great. I said, we want <laughs> yeah. your kids to be great too. <clears throat> right. We don't, we don't want your kids to fail. We want our kids in our club and our community to be successful. Um, and we have to do a better job of bridging the gap between the parent and coach and having those conversations to say, Hey, listen, I saw you on the sidelines. You know, if I was filming you, you might be embarrassed at, you know, what you're looking like. And if, if parents on your sidelines start moving their chairs away from you, that's a pretty good indicator that maybe you're stepping over the line a little bit. Yeah. You said it before, and I love that. I mean, I really do. When you said, you know, one of these days I'm just going to sit amongst the parents. I'm like, do it incognito. Like, get in a disguise. Because it almost, it's so jarring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, nobody has a bigger mouth than me. I mean, I'm very competitive, right? And I'm very confrontational. But for, I'm even embarrassed for, for people sometimes and the things that I, that, that I see. And it's kind of like... Are they ruining it for their kid or is it going to become learned behavior and then that's going to carry over? 
I, th- I, mean, I think so, yeah. I, I think like it's possibility that might be learned behavior too and stuff like that. But at the same time, like uh, we have a, a lot of our folks that are excited on the sideline, obviously, too. I know I, as a parent, I always wanted to my son to be like a Ronaldo or Messi at some day, you know. But right. is that like a, a realistic expectation? Probably not. But like I said, you know, it, it's my ego sometimes as a parent, too. And I'm sure a lot of our folks have the same ego, too. They want to please sometimes their ego as well, too, you know. Oh. Which is, you know. Well, I, so. I, I saw, and I think you said this, too, Kyle, that you said, like, it's, you know, the you're having your kids being successful in sports as the new keeping up with the Joneses. Definitely. You yeah. know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was like, what kind of car did you have? How big is your house? <laughs> and now it's, you know, what club team did my kid make it on? And yep. it's, you know, I've seen... You know, I'm just going to call it out. There's parents who uh, only will post on social media when their kid and the team wins and is really successful. <laughs> yeah. They won't post like the ugly. And the ugly is where you're going to inspire other people, right? Most of us live in the ugly. We 100% <laughs> I'm in the ugly yeah. all day long. Right, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is because um, I know that you've had, I, I know this and we're not going to, you put you, I don't want to put you in a bad spot because you are still running a business, Right. But we live in a world where everything is being socially engineered. And it is these lawnmower parents. It is a very real thing. They're no longer, hel- they make helicopter parents look, you know, like child's play. So these are the parents who maybe they donate a lot of money to the school. Or maybe they donate this, or they have the right last name, or they know this person. So when you're talking school sports, the kid can be high on the list. When you go into club sports, whether it's soccer, volleyball, basketball, there's kids from all over the area. And you are, it's, how difficult is that? Because do you face, are you faced with that? Because if you have parents sometimes or kids who are used to kind of being at the top, not because they may not be the best athlete, they may not have the best work ethic, but they're used to these, you know, silver platter treatment. I mean, I, th- I don't think we have nearly as much of that. And I am hoping that doesn't change with our organization in the future, but we are built of, our teams are built from kids from all over the area. Um, so I half the time we don't know who's coming from where. They're all wearing Cedar Valley blue, so it's okay. We're here. We're playing. Um, <clears throat> we're trying to get those kids better. Um, I, I, I don't see too much of it um, from my end, and I think Alden would say that way too. But, you know, I, I think all of us club coaches would all say we do play favorites. We all have favorites. Our favorites are the ones that show up. Our, the fav- mm-hmm. our favorites are the ones that work hard. Um, are ones that are, are, are coachable. So people go, why is this kid playing more? Well, he or she's here all the time. They're putting time in. They're working hard. They're working at home. So, yes, we do play favorites. And it's not because of who you are, who your parents are. It's because the kid is there putting putting the time in. And they're and they're good kids and they work hard. And it's like, hey, you know, you deserve to, to play more. So let's, you know, break the favorites thing. And, but, <laughs> yeah. but we do play favorites. We yeah, play the definitely. kids that... That's a great way to describe know, it, too. That's a great way to yeah. descri- describe it. Because you do... I'm sure you do hear that. Like, why is so-and-so playing yeah. all the time? And, yep. and people will say, off. oh, they play favorites because of this. No, we play favorites because that kid is there all the time. Or yeah. That kid works really hard. And if your kid is very talented and they're not there, they'll still play. But eventually, that's going to drop off. Yeah. And as Kyle is saying, I mean, we want to rewarded effort as well too obviously too i mean you know the kids come in every day they work hard they they have a effort on the field you know they they're so excited about uh, every day in the practice you know they put their time in time out and stuff like that obviously you as a coach you want to reward it as well too you know playing favoritism as well it's part of the sport in any sport obviously too but at the same time my base it's more like uh 
you know, as much effort you put into it, as much playing time you'll see on the field as well, too. Do you have, how difficult is that conversation? And do you, what, at what age do you have that conversation of, let's be honest, there's some good kids and there's kids who should be playing whatever sport and there's some kids that's just not their thing and that's okay, right? Yeah. Do you ever have the conversation with a parent when the parent comes up, why are they not playing? Why are they not playing? Do you ever say, as you know, as a youth coach, do you ever say, you know, this may not be their thing? Or do you just kind of still encourage them to play? Again, I think I think it take it, it takes time, right? I think we have to give kids the benefit of the doubt until they're, you know, 13, 14 years old. And even at that point, if the kid is showing up and working incredibly hard and is trying to get, improve themselves and they're good for the team, like I think yeah. there's something to be said about good, you know, good teammates and good team chemistry. And um, a lot of it is the numbers in the program, the numbers in the age group. Um, you know, what are they trying to get out of it? Because we have some kids that just want to be part of the team. You know, we've got some kids that just want to be have that social component of being a part of our club teams. And, you know, the soccer is more secondary. And I think I think that's honestly, I think that's great. You have some kids who are way up here and want to compete and want to do everything. And you've got these other kids that just want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And yep. it speaks a little bit to society. You've got different, you know, interests with these kids. Um, and I would say as long as, you know, a, Open dialogues with parents is obviously what we need more of in those conversations, and we don't really talk too much about it unless yeah. it's presented to us because, you know, we're working with our teams and everybody, you know, blends in. But if a parent says, well, hey, why is my kid not playing? What? And then let's have that honest dialogue, and then we kind of see where it goes. Yeah. If, if parents push the envelope and really want to dig deep, we can dig deep and have those honest conversations about really how far you want to go. But our job as coaches is to be transparent and honest and not, you know, fluff things up so if you have us if you ask us honest questions we'll give you honest answers but uh, you know don't be shocked if you don't get an answer you want and that's I was just and, gonna say and that's the hard part right because <laughs> right. and you know we want to have those conversations so we're all on the same page so we don't have these awkward moments in the future with well i thought my kid was here and you never told us this well let's have a conversation and and hopefully this winter with our teams we're going to have individual meetings with parents and kids and let's get all on the same page of where you are what your ambitions are um, you know, depending where they are in that, um, in their career right now, our younger ones will be catered more to development and, you know, take time and things like that. Our older ones will say, well, what does the future look like? And, um, but I think, again, we need to have that honest dialogue with parents too, and they can't be afraid to, that they might not get what they want too sometimes, right? Too. So. Yeah. They have to understand, you have to understand that your kid may not be that superstar and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Right. You know, I read something recently and it like hit me cause it was talking about, you hear, you know, you hear a lot of kids and a lot of parents and they're, I'm going to go play D1. I want to go play D1 and they're knocking D2, D3, JUCOs when those are, that competition is just as high level. It's just as tough. It's, you know, how early do you have conversations with kids who do, do want to move on? And maybe it's not even with the kids you have to have the conversations. How early do you have conversations <laughs> with parents about, you know, expectations and, hey, if they achieve this, that's still insane. That's still incredible to do. I mean, in, in some cases, I think like in our case, at least in my case, we always face the parents usually that they have like those high egos that they want their kids to play at the highest level, obviously in Division One or Division Two. So those are the ones that we have probably have the conversation early enough, obviously, too. I mean, you know, is, is there not, you know, high school, I would say, like uh, maybe even like uh, freshmen, sophomores, you know, mm -hmm. those are the actually uh, the right time actually to have the conversations, obviously, too, with the folks and even with the players, too. But more likely, I always face the conversation from the folks as well. They're asking those kind of questions, say, 
when can we approach the you know the colleges the coaches when can we email when can we do this when can we do that you know it's not so much about a player honestly too at least in my you know uh experience i'm sure the kyle had a different experience as well too uh but yeah i mean those are the things that uh, we never know what kind of approach we might have you know but mostly I've been approached by folks, obviously, to just asking those kind of questions as well. Because you all both played, right? You b- both played college soccer. I played college basketball. It was Division Two, and it was not fun anymore, right? Like I don't <laughs> think people understand. Yeah. It's a full time job, and you yep. don't you don't have those fun college experiences. Of it's balance, right? Yeah. And, and you'll and you'll see. That I think that was what I was going to chime in on with Alden too. Is is sometimes kids don't want. They don't want that full time job experience as an eighteen to twenty two year old where you know they're they're dictating your day and some people need that structure some people don't want that structure i mean there's lots of good um players um that come through clubs all over the country that you know decide no i'm just going to go to a school and and have that experience because that's what it is right college is an experience and you're and you're preparing yourself for something beyond athletics now soccer can be a vehicle to help you find different schools and different places you might not have known before but if if soccer is what you want to do in college well what are you going to do after college right. <laughs> you got to think with the end in mind a little bit with okay what do i do i have an idea of what i want to do in the future and then it does this does that school have a soccer program you know what level does it need to be at because it, it, if you play d1 great if you play d2 great i mean i played division three and the balance was great for me because mm-hmm. i still got yeah. to be a kid still got to be a college kid i, I would say yeah. as going with the kyle notion too Maybe the the experience that I had actually dealing with the parent asking the right question, obviously, too. Parent asks probably those questions because they are seeing beyond just playing soccer for their kids. They're seeing the education piece, obviously, too. Uh, what do you want to do in the future? Realistically, here in the United States, obviously, too, we have to know that not every kid is going to play at high level anyway. You know, right. Most of them are going to go into college. They're going to finish. You know, They're going to choose their what they want to do what kind of profession they want to be and stuff like that but uh, realistically you know we all know that you know most of our kids might end up just like a finishing like four-year college and just getting the jobs and stuff like that but it's just a really uh, realistic obviously too you know because you do have to think long term beyond soccer beyond youth right so i could have gone to like this big school i got into this big school but i was nowhere near good <laughs> enough to play basketball at yeah. this school right so i went to the school i could and it's my regret I mean, granted, I had a great college experience, yeah, but it was a gr- regret because if I would have gone to this school, I would have kind of been five years ahead in my career. Who just knows by, where you would have been. Right, just by yeah. having that, a degree from there. So it's a difficult decision. I think that parents need to have, you know, conversations with their kids, like, choose what's best for you long term, not just, you know, right here because Because in in my in my case, for example, my son, he was a big soccer player for his high school, obviously, mm-hmm. too. And right now, you know, he ended up being a punter and kicker at the college. You right. Know. So, you know, these uh, course of events, obviously, too, it all depends, you know, on what do you want to do in the future, too. You know, if the the program offer you maybe better scholarships, you know, better avenue for to do your major that you want to be, that you want to be professional in and stuff like that, you will obviously go different avenue, obviously, to approach the college, maybe finish the, you know, have a better education and stuff like that. So... So those are kind of type of the variable that we as a parents and the kids have to kind of make decisions as well too. Maybe sometimes we even like to push our kids a little bit more than we should, you know, mm-hmm. because it's all of those things, you know. When I was a student, obviously too, I had a 
four or five majors. <laughs> I started with the business. I went to the physical education. I had the sports management a little bit. I had the leisure service. And then all of a sudden, you know, at, at what do you do, you know? And, and I kind of do what I love to do right now, coaching in passion, you know, and I want to coach. And that's what I end up with at this point. So. And it's great. And you're inspiring. Yeah, you both are inspiring so many people. I want to end it with this. You know, how important is that one-on-one? Do you... You're welcome. You've already said it that you welcome these parent conversations. But are you asking just parents, just be ready. If you really want your kid to be a good athlete and be successful, yeah, they have to be open to <laughs> Yeah, conversa- com- say conversation. Right? Yeah, they have to be open yeah. to possibly the reality that, you know, little Susie or little Johnny it may not be their thing, right? Well yeah, and I think as you know, we're circling around doing this whole thing with parents and kids and, you know, you have to speak to your child and you have to create an environment where your, your child feels comfortable speaking to you truthfully too because kids lie and kids will make, they will, they <laughs> will tell, say. they will tell you what you want to hear as yeah. a parent, you know, right. I'm, I'm pretty well aware of that, you know, um, but I, th- I think, you know, we, we want, we want to help you. We want to help you understand where your kid is at and it's just our, it's our opinion of this is where your kid is at soccer wise um, and you know, people want their kid to achieve the world, right? And help, help. We can help you do that to ha- through honest dialogue and conversations. Um, I, and I think, I think I, th- I sent you that that screenshot of the one thing where it was like, what ninety nine percent of kids don't achieve the highest they can be. Only one percent get mm-hmm. to the highest level, right? Yep. But every all of these programs ca- are trying to cater to the one percent, the the pros, the whatever, instead of the ninety nine percent. So understanding you know odds are against all of us but that doesn't mean we can't help you get to a place where you need to be and i think we have to be comfortable with what's the best level for my kid not what not what's best for his kid or that kid it's what's best for my child because your child has a different path and different needs different wants than someone else and we need to stop comparing kids to other kids and and things like that and Everyone wants to play Division One, but there are so many very good Division Two and Division Three programs with great coaches who are great mentors and great leaders that will help your children uh, be the best adult they can be too. So right. don't discount those programs. NAIA's JUCOs. There's so many good leaders in these programs. Absolutely, and they're there because they want to be there. They don't make a ton of money, um, but they they want to give back and support young women and some and young men. So don't write off those programs just because of the perception that it's not elite. Because it just it is elite. These pe- these people are elite in what they do. Yeah. Just be proud of your kid, like right, no, like just be ca- proud of like you just hit the nail on the head when you said don't compare, you know, like focus on even if they get their tails beat, like ain't nothing. Your kid just went out there because I guarantee no parent can get out and run for <laughs> the ninety minutes straight on a, you know, on a hot day. So yeah. I just want to say thank you for everything you do for the youth in our area. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And I know we're gonna be back again for another episode. So thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us. So Absolutely. Absolutely.